Welcome to today's energy show. This week, we'll answer the question, how many solar panels do I need on my roof? It's a question we get asked all the time. And it's a fairly simple answer, but it, it gets kind of complicated because uh, solar installers and contractors are going to give you all kinds of different advice. So the, the answer to the question, how many panels you need, is really only dependent on two basic factors. The first factor is the size of your electric bill. And the second factor is simply how many solar panels will fit on your roof. So the size of the electric bill is important because if you install too large a system, you could actually have an electric bill that's negative. And that's not going to do you any good. Uh, it, it's kind of funny. We put a system on my mother-in-law's house a long time ago, um, and then she started using less electricity. Three years ago, the bill was negative $73. Two years ago, negative 51. And this year, it's negative 80 so far this year. So I keep telling my mother-in-law, please use more electricity. Um, it's unusual, but, but you can put in too big a system, and it's a waste of money. Um, the reason is that you won't get compensated by your utility for, for um, the net energy you generate over a one-year period. They're really not going to write you a check. They hate to do that. What they might do is pay you back a little bit based on the wholesale rate, which is half or less than the regular rate. It's just not worth it. So um, we, we always caution our customers and we'll size a system to make sure that it's never bigger. It's never going to generate more electricity during the year than the entire electric bill you have. Now, the, the reality is that in the vast majority of cases, I would say 75% of the people or more, there's a constraint on the amount of roof space. In other words, it's difficult to put in a system that's, that's going to generate more electricity than you use during the year. And then what's also kind of interesting, just the way that, that our society is evolving, we're using more and more electricity. Yes, our appliances are more efficient and things like that. But now we have electric vehicles. We're, we're using heat pumps for heat instead of natural gas and things like that. So there's, there's the use of more and more electricity. So the roof space kind of becomes important. Um, and, and so what you want to do is figure out, realistically, how many of these big rectangles, and the solar panels are rectangular, they're about 65 inches high by about 40 inches wide, how many of these rectangles fit on your roof? And you want to put them in kind of contiguous rectangles. You don't want to have um, you two panels here, one panel there. You want to make a big, uh, what we call an array. Um, what you also want to do is make sure that you put those panels in good locations. Um, a good location is one that's always sunny and facing roughly south or west or east. A bad location is something that's shaded. If it's shaded, even though there's going to be light there, solar panels need intense direct sunlight to generate the optimal amount of electricity. So what happens is things like trees that may be on the south or west or east side of the roof can partially shade the array. Um, it, you, you, know, you may have chimneys or vent pipes. Uh, a chimney can completely shade a solar panel. Vent pipes might only shade it a little bit. Now, there's ways that solar installers can use some technology to mitigate some of the effect of shading, like microinverters or optimizers. And if you have microinverters or optimizers on each panel, if that one panel is a little bit shaded, then it's not going to affect the rest of the system. Um, so, so that's something to use. But you generally never want to put a solar panel in a place where it's going to be mostly shaded. Um, and, 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 you know, that would be a case where you may have a, 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 an evergreen tree or a magnolia tree, something that's not going to shed sleeve, that, that's just basically directly in the way of the panel. And it absolutely kills me because recently, over the past few years, 
I've been seeing more and more systems that were very heavily shaded. In other words, you might have a big magnolia tree right near the house, right on the south side of the house, and the solar panels are basically underneath that. The solar panels that are underneath that tree, they're going to generate yeah, a very small amount of uh, energy during the year. It's really kind of a waste of money. Um, the, the other thing you want to do is you want to use the roof space that's facing south or west or maybe east. You don't want to put solar panels on the north side. Why? Because the sun's generally not high enough to really give you a lot of direct sunlight on the north side of the roof. You look on the north side of your roof, sometimes there may be some moss on there or it's going to be... Uh, the roof is going to be in better shape because it doesn't get as much sun. Well, that's that's a bad location for solar panels. Now, what you can do, and we do this sometimes for customers that want bigger systems, is we'll tilt panels on the north side facing south. It's called a reverse tilt array, and that works out fine. Uh, you just want to do that in the back of your house, obviously not in the front. So um, what you want to first look at that amount of available roof space. And, and if you are putting panels in a good location where it's sunny, you're going to be a happy camper over a 25-year period. And if your solar panels are in the shaded area, you're just going to be um, disappointed in the amount of energy you produce during the year. Now, what's interesting is all installers should basically give you basically the same answer as to how many solar panels or how many kilowatts you need on your roof because it's really just a mathematical calculation. Um, and most installers are using similar software based on something called PV watts. It's pretty standard. We've been using that since 2001. And uh, it, 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 when we compare it to other uh, installers who are accurately using the software, we come up with about the same kind of numbers, regardless of what where we are in the country. So that, that's the, the first thing. So in order to figure out how many panels you need, we look at the electric bill. So the, your electric bill, we're looking at the electric part of it, not the gas or the, the, the uh, water, the electric part, and that's measured in kilowatt hours. The typical house in the U.S. uses about 1,000 kilowatt hours a month or 12,000 kilowatt hours per year. That's typical. It varies during the year. In general, where if you're in a really hot area, maybe in the southeast or the central southeast of the U.S. or Central Valley of California, you're going to use a lot of air conditioning in the summer, in which case you're going to use a lot more energy, a lot more kilowatt hours in the summer. You may have a situation where you use a lot of heat. You may have electric heat. You may have a furnace that's running a lot where it's cold. In that case, um, you may find that you use more electricity during the winter because of lighting and heating. And that even if you're heating with natural gas, that furnace has a big fan motor, and that fan motor draws a lot of power. So depending on where you are in the country, you, you will see different peaks at different times of the year. So for that typical 1,000 kilowatt hour a month bill, 12,000 a year, in San Jose, if we wanted to zero out that bill, in other words, when I say zero out, if we wanted to generate 12,000 kilowatt hours per year, that would take about 32 solar panels. And, and, and this is the assumption that we're making here is these are kind of the most common, best output for the price, 260-watt solar panels. So, you know, five years from now, the best output for the price might be a 300-watt panel. Five years ago, the best output, output for the price was probably like a 200-watt panel because they're getting gradually better. But if you had 32 of those panels at 260 watts, that would generate 12,100 kilowatt hours per year, and that would basically wipe out your 12,000 kilowatt hour a year bill. That works out pretty well, 32 panels. And, and 
every installer that you talk to should basically give you about the same answer. Um, you know, sometimes they may say 30, sometimes they may say 34, but um, it'll be basically the same. The only variation would be based on the assumptions that the salesperson makes about your usage and about your shading and about your orientation. And we'll talk more about that later. Now, that was for place in San Jose. Let's say you were going to in- install a system somewhere in northern Jersey. Well, in northern Jersey, to generate that same 12,000 kilowatt hours a year, you would need 42 of these 260-watt panels. Um, and, and that's simply because San Jose has an average of 5.6 hours of peak sun a day, and New Jersey has about 4.2 hours of peak sun per day. If you go farther north in the country, you know, let's say up to, to Maine or Boston, the hours of peak sun are less. If you go to somewhere like Phoenix, you might have six or seven hours of peak sun. So you're going to want to do that calculation very localized depending on the amount of sun an area gets. So in New Jersey, 42 panels, 260 watts, that's going to generate 11,900 kilowatt hours a year. That's going to pretty much wipe out your 12,000 kilowatt hour year bill. So you can see, look at the size of the bill. That tells you how many solar panels you need in terms of kilowatts. Now, really important here, and this is why the numbers may be slightly different or even dramatically different from installer to installer. There's assumptions that go into these calculations. A big assumption is shading. So uh, some, sometimes there may be trees in the way. Sometimes there might be some periodic shading from vent pipes or whatever. We always assume a little bit of shading. I think it's 2 or 3% of shading, even if it's fairly clear, because you might have shading from vent pipes or something else. So um, if you are in a, in, a, in a heavily shaded area, if there are trees that are going to be in the way of the array, you really want your installer to do an accurate calculation of the shading. Um, and, and that shading could also apply to things like chimneys and things like that. And there's, there's tools to do that. It's pretty straightforward. But um, it, it's sometimes a little bit qualitative. So that's important. The shading is important. The second thing is solar panels get dirty. We call it soiling. Um, and, and when we at Cinnamon Solar do our analysis, we just always assume that the solar panels aren't going to be perfectly clean. Uh, we're assuming that there's an average per year of 5% soiling. Now, after a heavy rain or if you were just to clean your panels, that soiling is going to be effectively zero. But but after a few days, just dust in the air, it, it's going to start getting dirtier. And I've seen areas where there may be some dirt roads or some agricultural um, activities taking place. You may have 10 or 20% shading. So uh, your installer should assume a little bit of shade of, of soiling, depending on the location. Um, if they assume zero soiling, they're going to overestimate the output of the system. Um, and also, if you're going to get more average annual soiling if it doesn't rain, if you're in a really dry climate, whereas if you're in a place where it rains maybe once a week, you get a nice heavy rain once a week or a thunderstorm, those panels are going to be on the average pretty clean. So next, next assumption, important, tilt to the roof. The optimal is about 10 degrees less than the latitude. So most roofs in San Jose are about 18 degrees, um, and that, that's not absolutely optimal, but it's pretty good. New Jersey has tilt angles of more like 30 degrees. Um, you have steeper roofs because they have to carry more snow loads. So the calculation of how much energy is produced depends on the tilt angle of the panels. Now, obviously, if the panels are flat, or vertical, 90 degrees, they're going to collect less energy than if they were tilted more towards where the sun is during most of the year. Next factor is the orientation of the roof. We talked about it. South is optimal usually for the average energy collection, but if you have panels on the west or east roof, it's usually also pretty good, and and your calculations of energy output will be a little bit less for the year if they're on the west or the east compared to the south, but those are just just assumptions. You just plug them into the software and and you're good to go. 
So here's the thing. Every installation is going to be different. There's no standard answer. And sometimes you go to a website and you get some fill-in-the-blanks thing. You're always going to get an optimistic result because the assumptions are going to be optimistic. Um, and also note that these calculations so far aren't accounting for the electric rates. And the electric rates will have a big impact on your economics. Okay, so we know how many kilowatts you need based on the size of your um, uh, electric bill. Now let's see what fits on the roof. It used to be that we would have to send our salespeople up with a ladder and, you know, measuring tools, tape measures, uh, a pad of paper, and they would, they would in detail measure the, the area of the roof for the panels. And then once the contract was signed, we would send somebody else out to do a pre-site installation survey, and they would measure again. So we would do kind of two measurements because the salesman's measurements, salesperson's measurements wouldn't always be that accurate sometimes. They were you know, they were there to sell, not to, to map out the system. Now, big improvement. We use satellite images and special software. So we can get really good measurement accuracy. Um, we can do it right from our office, right from our desk, right from your dining room table. It's more consistent. It's safer. You can't fall off the roof if you're sitting on a chair. And um, it gives us a lot um, uh, more flexibility where we can move panels around with software and see, gee, you know, what happens if we put four panels here versus four panels there. And, and you can even see how it looks because they're, they're overlaid on an actual image of your roof. So here, you know, going back to the example, um, we'll look at a system in San Jose and we'll look at a system in New Jersey. In San Jose, 32 panels. That would be um, a simple array would have two rows of 16 panels and that would be 53 feet wide. It's pretty wide by 11 feet high. The panels are 65 inches high by 40 wide. That's a pretty big contiguous area. So what we usually do is we'll put one, uh, we'll put two or three different arrays. We may put 20 panels on the south side and 12 panels on the east side. And, and that's if you have roof space that's, that's good for those, um, th that number of panels. If it's a smaller house, maybe we could only fit 20 panels. So you can see how the number of panels you're going to put in is going to depend on that roof space. If you have what we call a, a roof space constrained house where you don't have enough roof space, what you can do is use more efficient panels. And the math for that is pretty easy. In San Jose, if we had 32 panels of 260 watts each, that's 8,320 watts of solar panels, just multiply. If we use 300-watt panels, we would only need 28 panels. Um, so you can see we, can, we, we need four fewer panels on the roof if you use a higher efficiency, higher output panel because they're the same size. Now, the, the, the trade-off is that these 300-watt panels are usually a lot more money than the 260-watt panels, so you want to kind of make your compromises there. That's where the, the panel efficiency comes in. If it's space-constrained, it may be worth getting more expensive panels. If you're not space-constrained, get the cheapest panels you can get from a, a reliable installer and a reliable manufacturer. And your installer should be able to step you through these alternatives. You ask your installer, okay, what can we do with the, the, the least expensive system with lower efficiency panels? And if I want more kilowatts on my roof, you may be space constrained, how much more is the system cost if I use higher efficiency panels? And that's, that's something that's usually pretty straightforward for an installer to do. Now, here are some things that don't matter when you're figuring out how many panels you need. The financing doesn't really matter because um, it's, it's an economic answer. The electric rate escalation irrelevant. Payment escalation, irrelevant. Panel manufacturer, it's just a preference. The degradation rate, there's no really reliable third-party data. What we're doing first is just figuring out how much energy output you need on your roof to zero out your bill. And all these economic factors at this stage of the decision aren't that relevant. But here are things that will matter. You want to think about if you're going to get 
uh, an, an electric vehicle. And that's the biggest wild card. Because EVs use a lot of electricity. Um, you also want to kind of do your, your um, evaluation depending on the electric rate you're on. Um, some states have what are called time of use rates. Some states have electric vehicle rates. Some states have solar rates. And the electric rates are different. And it gets very complicated. So you want to talk to your installer and see what they advise because they'll have experience in the area as far as what electric rate is going to save you the most money for the year. And it's really kind of surprising. You may have 30 panels on your roof, and, and you may um, end up with a $200 bill on one electric rate, and you may end up with a $500 bill on a different electric rate. And it's just a difference in filling out the paperwork with your utility. So get some advice from your installer on that. Now, here's, here's uh, some of the tricky things, a little wild card. In terms of what you need and the output of your system, it's easy for the salesperson to kind of let's just say fudge or maybe even make some mistakes in the assumptions. And, and if, if the assumptions are, let's just say, optimistic, the output of the system, your savings, could be actually more from one salesperson's analysis to another. So what could happen? And, and, and I, I've seen this happen um, sporadically, and it really depends on the salesperson, not the company. But they may underestimate the amount of shading. They may say, well, that tree's not going to give you any shading at all. And another installer may come out and say, that tree, that tree is going to reduce the output of the system by 10% per year. Or they may not uh, actually account for soiling or orientation factors. And, and sometimes I've seen these quotes compared, and, and um, one installer will, will, for the same number of panels, the same size panels, same output system, same location on the roof, um, one installer may have 20% more energy output than another as far as what the estimate is. That's impossible. Um, and, and it also kills me when I see panels installed in the shade, and, and we'll talk about why that happens sometimes. Um, sometimes the, the, it, there's, it's kind of tricky to figure out what fits on the roof, and an experienced installer is, is usually going to be a little bit more conservative than, than somebody new because the experienced people know that it's tricky to work around setback issues, vent pipes, and shading. Now, here's, here's part of the challenge. A lot of the salespeople in the solar industry, and they're going to be very helpful. They're almost always solar enthusiasts, but they're going to be compensated on a commission. They may get a 5% commission. And the, this, the panels might cost, on an average, installed about $1,000 each. So the, the salesperson is going to get a commission of about $50 for every single panel that you buy. And um, what's going to happen is they're going to try and sell as many panels as can fit and, and try and, um, you know, sell the biggest system possible. So, so there's, there's not a good alignment of interests. Some solar companies actually pay their salespeople on a flat rate or on a salary, and, and that's going to be a better result for you because you're not going to end up with a situation where the salesperson is going to kind of overestimate what fits on the roof, and you may end up with a system that's bigger than you need. The reality, but the reality, as I mentioned before, is that in most cases, you want to put as many that fit on the roof because you, your roof space is going to be constrained. You're not going to be able to put a system in that's going to completely wipe out your electric bill. And then the other factor is sometimes when you do put in a system that completely wipes out your electric bill, zeroes it out, um, the economics for that uh, in terms of a payback or a net present value aren't going to be as good as you as if you were to put a system in that might um, reduce your bill by, say, 75%. And that's just a nuance of the way the electric rates are structured um, in many locations. So let's just kind of wrap up some closing advice. And, and, and if I were buying a, a rooftop solar system, this is what I would do. First, I'd get quotes from a bunch of different installers, and I'd find out from them what fits on the roof. And you're going to look at uh, drawings and, and computer uh, layouts 
of of these blue panels and see what fits, see what fits where. You may have two or three different arrays on your roof and and see what that's going to do to your electric bill. So that's the first thing. See how many panels fit, see how many you need. The next thing to do is kind of figure out what panel manufacturer and what size panels that, to get. Um, it, and the, the, um, the panel manufacturer, as I've said in a previous uh, show, I used to think it was important, but it's not that critical anymore. They're, they're, all, they're all good. And the other surprising thing that I did when I kind of look back over the past 10 or 15 years, the biggest companies are not necessarily any more likely to be in business than the smaller companies. It's kind of a surprise, but that's the reality. Um, and, and the other thing, don't stress out about it too much. Uh, for, for things that are about the same price, I don't remember a single customer who was really unhappy with the solar panels that they bought. Um, the, the other thing that, that's interesting is uh, that, that sometimes people decide, because we've been installing solar for a long time here in Silicon Valley, that they want to add on to their system. They want to expand their system. They may get an electric vehicle or they may put um, uh, an addition onto their house. It, depending on the design of the system, it's, it, if you use microinverters or sometimes optimizers, it's fairly easy to expand the system. You can add two or three more panels on. With microinverters, you can just add as many as you want because they're all um, kind of in parallel. But if you have the older kind of string inverter technology, those, those big heavy boxes that are on the side of the house, those string inverters are usually sized for a certain number of panels, and they really can't uh, you really can't add that many more panels onto it without changing that inverter, and that, that adds a lot to the cost. So keep in mind, if you do think about expanding, um, that then you might want to go with a microinverter or, or an optimizer. Um, if you are filling your available roof space, obviously you're not going to have space to expand later, and that's kind of irrelevant. And the final piece of advice is find that installer you trust. Get multiple quotes, check references, and, and I'd strongly suggest you check references from customers who are at least one or two years old. Because what happens with with these um, net metering electric bills is as soon as you go on the solar rate, um, your electric bill basically goes to zero. Or, or uh, here in San Jose, it's like a $5 per month standby charge. But the, the utility continues to figure out how much um, extra electricity that you've used that they haven't billed you for. And then once a year, they do this thing called a true-up. So the first 12 months of every solar customer I've ever seen, they're delighted because their electric bill went from, say, 100 or 150 or $200 a month down to $5. It's great. It's terrific. But then at the end of the year, they may get a big bill, and um, they could be surprised about that. So you want to talk to references that are at least one year old after they've gotten through this true-up. And the reason is, that way, your references will be able to tell you, yeah, we got the output that we expected versus um, it wasn't as good as we thought. Second, second advice with installers is find somebody that has their own crews and, and not hiring subcontractors. And the reason why is that the subcontractors aren't going to be as conscientious as um, installers that have their own trained crews. These subcontractors, they're, they're going to be competent. They're going to be licensed. They'll, they'll, have, they'll, they'll know how to do a good job. But since they're not going to have to come back you know, six months or six years from now to maintain it, they're going to be a different company. Um, they may not be as careful on your roof, and they may miss rafters and things like that. Um, along the same lines, you want to find installers that um, um, have their employees who are paid hourly, not per panel or per job. And, and when you've got um, installers that are paid on, on the job or the panel, they're going to rush through that project, and you want them to take a lot of care. And finally, 
Um, pick somebody who's local because that's always going to be better. And, and look for an installer that's going to be conservative in their estimates, not wildly optimistic. So um, the, the reality is almost everybody I've spoken to is, is happy with their systems. They're delighted that the electricity bill is down. Um, and uh, if, if you do go solar, I'm, I'm confident that you're going to be happy with it and just get, you know, get some multiple quotes. Well, that's all the time we've got on this week's Energy Show. Thanks to all of our listeners for joining us today. And if you missed any of today's show, you can always go to our website at cinnamonsolar.com and listen to the podcasts.